Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now is John Wilner from the Bay Area News Group. Uh, so, John, how are the chocolate chip cookies at the Final Four? Let's go, Johnny. What do you think? <laughs> as good as it gets. Yes. As good as it gets. Yes. <laughs> Two things we knew at the Final Four. There were no better cookies, and our good friend Steve Carp would be done with his story nine hours ahead of you and I. And I gave him a lot of credit because you and I took far too long on our stories. That's true, although sometimes Carp would finish before the game even started. Yeah. He's <laughs> a deadline writer. He would also have the quotes already yes, written before the absolutely. press conference hey, happened. Experience. <laughs> All right, John. So the Pac-12 announced this week that they are not pursuing expansion at the moment. Do you believe that holds true for you know a few years, or does that change? Do they... Look at expansion anytime in the next two, three, five years. Well, it certainly holds true for the next 18 months, right? They're going to start renegotiating their TV contracts sometime in late 2022, early 2023. And who knows what's going to happen at that point, right? I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen with the Big Ten by then. So I would say that uh, for sure nothing is happening in the next 18 months. Uh, you know, and there's certainly things have developed uh, recently, you know, with this alliance uh, that would lead you to believe that maybe the Pac-12 won't expand, you know, in 23-24, but I don't think you can completely rule it out at this point. John, when they, let's say behind the scenes, they're like, you know what, let's look at this in 18 months down the road. Yeah, there's four teams maybe. Everyone always says the first thing people look to is football. How good is your program? Obviously, people in Vegas say, hey, could you ever get in the Pac-12? Well, don't start with football. What do you think when they sit down, though? Give us a few things you believe they would focus on first in terms of potential teams to bring them in, strengths, weaknesses, or what would they want out of teams? Well, it depends on who you're asking. If you're asking the athletic directors who, who they should add, it's going to be based you know, on the, the – size of the football brand and the ability for any school to create, you know, marquee matchups, right? I mean, 10 years ago when there was a lot of expansion, it was about getting schools because the number, the number of cable homes in your footprint was so important for your media contract. But that's not as big a deal anymore. And what, what the networks want to pay for is big events, Right. And so you need, and that's why the SEC was so happy to take Oklahoma and Texas because those schools, those are much must-watch games, right? So that Pac-12 athletic directors are going to be looking for any football programs that will kind of bring with them the potential to create, uh, you know, big ratings. Um, that the presidents, though, are going to want institutional fits, right? Universities that are aligned with the Pac-12 academically as major research schools. They're going to want probably secular institutions. Uh, they're going to want places that have, you know, public, most likely public, uh, probably places that are, you know, politically and culturally aligned with the West Coast. So, you know, there's those two things, the institutional fit and the, the football brand are going to be the big things. 
Well, let me ask you real quick then, and stay with the UCL. Uh, the, excuse me, the UNLV theme because we were sort of making fun of it yesterday, but this might actually be a serious uh, factor. The Pac-12 is already here. Their football conference games coming here, their championship, they're already entrenched in the basketball. They can come in and recruit anyone out of here they want. Uh, I know they have a Legion Stadium and an NFL team here, but do you look at UNLV at all and say, well, they have something they'd want? No, I don't, yeah. uh, to be honest. I, I just don't see it. And the other thing, and I am—I admit I am not positive about this, but it's possible that Las Vegas counts within the Pac-12's media-designated market area already. San Diego is part of the market area. Sacramento is part of the market area. So I don't know necessarily that UNLV would be a value add uh, on that front. But I don't, I don't know for sure. I have not looked into that. But I just don't see, I don't see really where UNLV is is either a fit uh, institutionally or brings the the football value. I know you wrote this week about uh, the Pac-12 not expanding, and it's because there aren't schools that add value right now. But what what are the schools that would add the value? Because when you talk about like marquee football games, the first one that jumped to my mind was BYU. But then when you talk about the presidents wanting uh, secular universities, that's not BYU. So what what are the programs that would add value that the Pac-12 would actually consider? You know, there aren't any, right? I mean, which is why they're not expanding right now. There's no Ten years ago, Colorado and Utah were obvious fits. There are no obvious fits right now. So if they were forced to expand... They would basically have to lower the bar that they've established, the, you know, lower the barrier for entry. Uh, and then you're talking about places, you know, would they would they compromise on the, the secular situation like BYU? Would they compromise on geography like Houston? Um, you know, would they compromise on uh, you know academics and and grant value and invite some schools from the from the Big Twelve? That would that's the thing if they're going to expand. There's nobody left right now. There's nobody left in the Big Ten, really, or the ACC. With Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC, everything is kind of locked in, right? There's no other obvious picks out there for anybody. I would say that both for the Pac-12 and for the Big Ten, the one school that could almost work now is Kansas, right? Kansas is a good school. It's in the uh, Association of American Universities, which is a very prestigious academic club that the president's like. It's an hour flight from Denver, so in terms of the geography and the travel, it's not that big a deal. And obviously the basketball brand is one of the few that would move the needle for basketball. But the football program is so abysmal (laughs) that you just can't quite justify it. If Kansas somehow got their act together in football just a little bit, then you could kind of cram that square peg into the round hole. But as long as they're like 0-12, it's just not going to work. Follow me on Twitter at Wilner Hotline. It's John Wilner, Bay Area News Group, Pac-12 Hotline Newsletter. Is the Big 12 overall dead? And we, we talked about this earlier in the show. Do you now try to go to Houston and others to try to save yourself? If you're the Big 12 right now, how panicked are you? And is this the league that is going to start looking to the AAC and others, maybe the Mountain West, say we better add some teams here just to try to save ourselves? Well, I think so. I mean, I don't think the Big 12 is going to go anywhere in that there's no place for those schools to go, right? That's the thing, at least not for right now. And the complicating factor is 
is Texas and Oklahoma. And when they leave, if the Big 12 breaks up, if those schools leave and before Texas and Oklahoma officially depart, then Texas and Oklahoma don't have to pay their departure fees, which is like $150 million or something combined. So the Big 12 kind of has to stay together, uh, at least until Texas and Oklahoma leave. Once those schools leave, then the, the value of the conference is going to drop considerably, and they're going to have to try to convince other schools that they're still a better destination. You know, I think that they should aggressively pursue expansion. You know, maybe get from they're going to be at eight, right, without Texas and Oklahoma. Maybe you go to 14. You know, BYU, Boise, uh, Houston, Central Florida, Cincinnati, Memphis, you know, something like that, maybe South Florida. But they're going to have to really change their barrier for entry. They have kind of stuck their nose up at the likes of of Cincinnati and and UCF in the past. They can't do that anymore. They've got their their calculation has changed. Okay, if the Big 12 does add some of those teams to get to 10, 12, 14, 16, whatever the number would be, which conference would be more competitive in college football and basketball, the Pac-12 or the new Big 12? No, the Pac-12, I think for sure. I mean, I, I I don't I don't know that there's to me there's not any question about it. Uh, you know, Pac-12 still got some top ten programs, right? Top top fifteen programs. I don't know that you know what the Big 12 is going to have because you have to remember that a lot of what we've seen in the Big 12 from the likes of Baylor and Oklahoma State, whoever TCU, that's that's because of the you know they're riding the carpet of Texas and Oklahoma. Everything is going to change for them. The, the, the attractiveness for recruits, the TV ratings, all that stuff is going to change. The Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma is not the Big 12 that we have known, and I think that this, the quality of the football product is going to suffer considerably because there's no Texas and Oklahoma anchoring the league. Uh, we know, obviously, these things are decided years in advance or, you know, sooner than when it was announced. We thought it was a little funny that here's our alliance, and the next day, hey, SC's playing LSU in Vegas. That's pretty funny. Uh, but talk to us about this <laughs> Talk to us about this alliance several de- years under. I mean, how how plausible this thing's even the same or it even goes off here? And, and do you believe, if it does, that everyone's going to stick to the agreement that pretty much this is just a voting power thing and we're going to do this to keep the SEC from having all the power? Uh, well, first of all, in fairness to SC and LSU, they've been working on that game yeah. for months, <laughs> months and months. Um, but the timing was not good. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the alliance is interesting. No no formal document, right? No binding agreement. Uh, clearly, the most immediate issue, and I think the thing that kind of is at the, at the root of the whole deal is, is the voting on the college football playoff and doing everything possible to make sure ESPN is not the only broadcaster of an 11-team event, right? That is a huge issue for the Pac-12 and the, and the Big Ten as well. I do think that there is some potential for the alliance to create some some real interesting scheduling matchups, but that's several years down the road. I think, but you know, partly because all these schools are already booked up, right? All their slots are filled for a few years. Um, but you know, we could see a deal where there's 
you know, the three conferences block out a single weekend, either at the beginning or at the very end of the season, and play all non-conference games uh, and do it based on, like, they could do it at the end of the season and base it on the order of finish in their in their in their divisions, right? Or something right. like something cool like that. It's like a flex scheduling week at the starter end of the season. It could be really attractive to a TV partner, and and that's part of what they want to do. They they need to find ways. The Pac-12, especially, and the ACC, they've got to find ways to get more money without expanding. And the way to do that is to create compelling TV events. And and you know USC, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, Miami, uh, Oregon, Wisconsin. Those are compelling events that networks would pay for. Who has the second best chocolate chip cookies behind the Final Four? I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. As I said, who has the second best chocolate chips outside of the Final Four? No. Uh, I don't know because I'm trying to cut back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. He's John Wilner from the BA Area News Group. Follow him on Twitter at Wilner Hotline. John, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, John. Take care of yourself. Thanks a lot. Take care of yourself. Yeah, uh, well, cookies are good yeah, enough. Yeah. Uh, good. The, now the final four ones are runaway winners. It's ridiculous. Who, they're as big as the studio. Who makes them? I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, they're not packaged. They're like, no, they're out. On, they're out the there. One four. of these ones where you take the you know the bong. Yeah. So it's got to be like a catering group that's yes, doing this, and, yes. and they just have great cookies. Um, yeah, you you go to these conference tournaments like the Mountain West and Pac-12. They do put out cookies in the end, <laughs> but it. I mean, you're talking. No offense, it's poor man's. The, okay, it's poor man's compared to the Final Four. The funny part about the Mountain West tournament this year was the in the media room. Normally, they will have like you know, hey, we're serving a meal at this time, and oh, they still right, served a right, meal, right? But they'll have like snacks or whatever, right. and it'll be like. There'll be like popcorn and stuff Chips, like that. Popcorn, stuff like that. But the part that I enjoyed this year was they just had the little individual size little snacks. Like it was a little tiny thing like goldfish. Because of COVID. Or like the fruit snacks. Right. right. But because of COVID, it was like yeah. they just sent somebody to Costco, bought like five <laughs> boxes of just little individualized snacks and put them out on the shelf. Well, I thought it was funny. The biggest complainer of the entire the entire thing. Raiders.com's Cassie Soto being like, where's my food? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll talk to her at 9.30. Um, the Final Four this year, obviously, they had some media in the bubble, not not nearly as many as they did. So I wasn't there. I don't yeah. know if the cookies oh, were there. I don't know. I don't not. know. Cookies but in the, back cut. in the day, those things, I mean, you sniffed them, and then it was like, is there a press conference? Because why are, why are people running <laughs> in a full sprint to the back of the room? Like, did, did, the is Mike Krzyzewski talking early? Is Jay right here when he isn't supposed to be? No, no, they put the cookies out. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs, and we'll take a look at some UNLV football projections. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. We are looking at UNLV football in today's briefs. First off some projections for you. Bill Connolly of ESPN does SP plus big system where the algorithm produces some numbers to give you some projections on each game in college football. Some good news and some bad news for you. Know, first off, 
UNLV's win total at Sportsbooks is about one and a half. SP Plus has UNLV winning 2.8 games. There is an 83% chance that UNLV goes over one and a half on their win total, according to SP Plus. Now, I do want to make the slight uh, editor's note here. SP Plus, the way the wins work on this, the way the projected wins work, is every single game you have a percentage that you win the game. So even if a team like Take UNLV had simply a 10% chance to win each individual game on the schedule, that would still, at the end of the day, add up to 1.2 wins because you just add 10% plus 10% plus 10% for the entire season. So 2.8 games is they're projected to win. It doesn't mean they're going to be favored in three games. It doesn't mean they're expected to win. There's any three games that they're going to be the favorite in. It just means, hey, you have a... 40% chance to beat Utah State and a 42% chance to beat UT uh, San Antonio and a 38% chance to beat New Mexico. Even though you're the underdog in all of those, probability says you'll win one of them. You'll pull one of those out. So that's little editor's note there. But UNLV is not going to be better than any of the Division I teams they play by this projection. So keep that in mind here. The bad news for UNLV and these projections, their chances of going to a bowl game, their chances of getting to six wins, just 3%. That high? (laughs) Well, I mean, when your number's one and a half, I mean, it would be like 1% to get to a bowl. The next worst in the Mountain West, Utah State, 25% chance to get there. I thought Utah State was nearly as bad as everybody. They're not not as good. Really? But... 25% 25% chance wow. Utah State gets there, just 3% chance that UNLV gets there. Now, a couple other things on UNLV football. They're now selling tickets in the 300 yes. level for the game against Iowa State, and only $33, by the way. Um, so it is, to say, pretty insane that UNLV is able to basically say, we have enough demand for a football game that we will open up the 300 level. Because most great of their for games... Majority of their games, except for this one, yeah. it's only going to be the lower bowl. Only the 100 and 200 right. levels are going to be Good for them. where tickets are sold and where fans are. But there have been enough Iowa State demand because what I what some Iowa State fans have done is bought UNLV season tickets mm-hmm. to guarantee that they have a seat for this game. Because seat. what was the what what I think you 120 bucks is the cheapest you could yes. get a season ticket for. So, but that has to be in the 300 block. No, that was in the two, was 200? Was in the 200 block. Right. Was that so you could you know. You're talking about big time college football. A hundred plus dollars for a season ticket is nothing. nothing, right? That's what you would pay for the actual ticket to one right. game to watch your team play. So some Iowa State fans have done that, and it's led to UNLV having enough demand that they are opening that up. Um, so here's a quick question for you: What percentage of fans of that game are Iowa State fans? Oh, is it higher than seventy percent? Gosh, I was just going to say seventy. Yeah. I was just going to say seventy percent. That's what I'm thinking. I think there'll be quite a few. UNLV well, what do you fans think? There, put it this but... way: if they've opened up the three hundred uh, block, how many people you think are going? What will they announce that night? Over thirty? Probably. I, what I what I can't figure out: what's the seating capacity That's, for I don't just know. the one hundred and two hundred level? I don't know. I, I'm guessing it's roughly half of the sixty five thousand. Then they're so, announcing over thirty right. if they've opened up the three hundred level. So I it, I think it will be over thirty thousand now. Good for them. Another note on UNLV and their non-conference schedule. UNLV has the second hardest strength of schedule in of any Mountain West team in college football this season. And again, this is by SP Plus and their ranking here. But the reason is, it's not because UNLV's 
conference schedule is particularly difficult. They avoid Boise State. They get to play the other two bad teams in Utah State and New Mexico. They do have to play San Jose State, San Diego State, and Nevada. But get, I don't know about they get San Jose. They get San Diego State here. Yeah, but they they do play three pretty good teams. But they avoid Boise State and they play the two other bad teams. So the conference schedule is about what you would expect. It's about an average conference schedule. But the reason their strength of schedule is harder than everybody else but Fresno State well, is because they play Iowa State, Arizona who's a State. top 10 team, and Arizona State, who's a fringe, a bubble, top 25 right. team, depending on which poll you look at. So here's my question about UNLV football and looking into the future. How should they be scheduling in the non-conference? Because they have Allegiant Stadium, and even before they had Allegiant Stadium, they were doing this. They were playing power conference teams because either A, they were getting by games. Sure, right? they're getting checks. They went and played Ohio State. They're going to go play Notre Dame. I think that's next year where you're getting mm-hmm. a million-dollar payday just for showing up to play the game. But they were, they've were they also, before Allegiant Stadium, but now they'll get a lot more of these conceivably, home and homes with teams like Iowa State, Arizona State, Cal's on the schedule in the future, UCLA's on the schedule in the future. They have some of these home and homes with power conference teams that will conceivably now Iowa State's a perfect storm because they're a top ten team and they're not usually a top ten team. Right. Normally, if Iowa State's really coming off this a four year. and eight season, they're not right. opening up the three hundred level. But conceivably, UNLV can schedule power conference teams that will bring a lot of fans to Allegiant Stadium, and UNLV will make more money because they actually have a full crowd for a game at Allegiant Stadium. Whereas, you know, UNLV Utah State's going to be ten thousand people, fifteen thousand people, whatever it'll be. So they'll make money, whether it's a buy game, whether it's a home and home, they'll make money when they play these power conference teams, but it absolutely nukes their chances of going to bowl games. Because imagine this year, imagine Marcus Arroyo mountain West games. They surprise everyone. They go four and four in the mountain West, right? That'd be an unbelievable season. I absolutely. Think, I think the best they went under Sanchez was three and five. I think the Bobby Houck year, they went to a bowl game. They Heart were four of Dallas four. bowl, baby. And I think that's the only time that they have been 500 or better in the Mountain West in two decades or something like that. So um, just imagine, unbelievable season from Arroyo. They go four and four in Mountain West play. It would be shocking if they did that. They would still probably miss out on the bowl game. And they better beat Texas San Antonio. Because for them to go to a bowl game with four Mountain West wins, they would have to beat Eastern Washington, and they'd have to win on the road at Texas Texas, San Antonio. Antonio. Or upset Iowa State or Arizona State, which probably isn't happening. All right, right, let's bump the (laughs) brakes. (laughs) I got (laughs) But so that's the problem. For UNLV to go to a bowl game, they have to beat Eastern Washington and Texas San Antonio. So play one of them. Because of their schedule. Go play Notre Dame and then get three games that are essentially, in your mind, potentially winnable. Next year's schedule, Cal and Notre Dame are the non-conference. North Texas, Idaho State are the other two games. So... North Texas in a given is, year they could lose to North Texas. Right, they're kind of like UT yes. San Antonio. Where, well, where's the where's the Idaho State game? Because they could lose there too. I think that's home. Okay, I assume right. that's home. But they could lose that one. Uh, Twenty twenty three, they play Michigan. They play BYU. They play Vanderbilt. Okay, see so all of those, they essentially should lose. Yeah, that's their scheduling setup, and that's after twenty twenty three. There's only a couple games scheduled, but they're looking at setting up schedules where. They're playing two and sometimes three games a year where they are going to be multiple well, touchdown underdogs. And the other thing is, often teams set up schedules for their fan base. I'm sorry, <laughs> but they've never won or they haven't won in forever. If you're playing one of these teams at Allegiant, you're essentially, like with Iowa State, you, you want to sell as many tickets as you can and you know they're coming. Yeah. I assume the Michigan game's in Ann Arbor. Uh, yes, I believe Because so. it's not like a return yeah. from the other bye game. Um 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're so essentially you're taking. I I would do one of those teams. So and I would do a home and home. You know, try to get them to Allegiant. I mean, that's the other thing about it. if you're only taking one Power Five school, do your best to get a home and home because if you can't get them an Allegiant, you're you're getting the check. But what else is it doing for you? Yeah. You're getting beat fifty two to six. So the question becomes, what's your priority? Is your priority to cash out to have these paydays? Just have the check, right? Or is your priority to get into a bowl game? and have a you know a respectable achievement by your football program. If you're just trying to get into a bowl game, you should be scheduling North Texas four times. Right. UMass should be on the schedule, right? <laughs> if you're just trying to make as much money off the program despite them not being any good, you're taking the paydays all the time. How much are we all begging to get UMass? <laughs> Brad Powers has been begging for years for them to get UMass on the schedule. Because like, every time Brad Powers <laughs> we're like, well, who's worse well, than you UMass? Well, you guys haven't seen UMass play. <laughs> They don't even know what sport it is. So I can't believe they haven't gotten UMass on the schedule. <laughs> so it just depends on your priority. What if but they're afraid. UNLV is in a position where they go four and four in the Mountain West. It'd be an unbelievable season, and they still won't have a bowl game to show for it most years. Am I missing the rule that you can use a losing record one time? Huh? No. No, you, you well, you can get in at five and seven because there's too many. Bowl That's what games. I'm saying. There's too yeah. many bowl games. Yeah, you can get but in that way. Well, UNLV's not getting taken because it'll be like a Big Ten team. It's five yeah, and seven that gets taken. They got to they got to be six yeah. and six. Coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show. She is a used Honda Civic, hates fifty percent of her dogs, and will never get engaged. Time to mock Raiders.com's Cassie Soto on the press box. Hello, Cassie. Hello. 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 I am uh, kind of disappointed you didn't go all out for National Dog Day on Twitter yesterday. The people have had enough of me. <laughs> you? <laughs> We're here for the dog, Cassie. I mean, I could have, but I didn't. Who so. cares about you? you also- Tyler and I did. Tyler and I put I our dogs out there. I only got like five likes anyway, so mm. the people spoke. Oh, boy. Mm. You didn't even take your dogs out to the Lights FC game. They could have gone to a professional soccer game. I know. Unbelievable. They Wouldn't, said Ronaldo's not going to be there. Not about it. Wouldn't uh, It would have been kind of funny if Archie just just totally failed in that Olympic. Uh, well, of course uh, he would have. He's Did your dog your... win? No, it was rigged. No. <laughs> he said oh, it was rigged. Jesus Christ. Listen, listen. I, I do. By, okay. Why the, bring this up? The, so the Dog Olympics at Lights FC last weekend, um, my dog Squash competed. He was one of three dogs that actually finished every obstacle in the obstacle course, but he did not get on the medal stand because the three there dogs... Like three? What? Yeah, it was, was like, three? it was like 15 dogs, and he was one of the oh. few that actually completed everything. Okay. okay. But the reason he didn't win is because there was some therapy dog group that was at the game, and first, second, and third all went to dogs that were with that therapy dog group. That's totally rigged. It is. Well, and they, I, I hate to admit it because I, I, I still wanted this guy's dog to, like, completely fail. But And, by the way, he was he – was, Tyler was crawling through these obstacles yeah, with the dogs. Like I don't a, know if that's fair. Cassie, there's like a 15-foot tube, and I got in the tube and <laughs> crawled through it with Squash. But I oh, will... Archie doesn't like t- like tubes like that. Like, oh, I think no, it's the dog do. park, so he wouldn't have done that one. Oh, yeah, because they can't see the yeah, end. They just right. think they're walking into, like, a cave and can't get out. They can't see the yeah. end. So I got in with yeah. them to, you know, reassure them and say, it's okay, dude. I'm right here with you. Uh, I Did will... other dogs get in there with you? No, no, they didn't. Because no, like only like one or two other dogs actually went through the tube. There was one like trained dog who was like a ringer <laughs> in this competition. Well, I will say Tyler's probably right because when you see the picture of the winners 
on the medal stand, all the owners are wearing the same shirt that belongs to this organization <laughs> with the uh, with the easy money. We yes. got this, y'all. Absolutely, unbelievably what, staged. What was the prize? What was the grand prize? No, they just got medals. <laughs> but I want a medal. He wanted put, a medal. I want to put the damn medal on yes, squash. Let's absolutely. go. Award-winning dog. That's right. Yeah, he is, a, right. He is an award-winning dog. If and he you set been. up, you should set up like a media, like a dog me, among the media members. Oh. Imagine, imagine Archie going up against Reggie, Kevin's dog. Oh no oh, chance! Kevin's dog is running that competition. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> He's handing out the medals. Actually, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one He's putting the medals on the other dogs. Sam Gordon of the group. Ed. Yes, absolutely. He can't, he can't qualify. He cannot qualify. I think Kevin-y takes Reggie hiking like every day. Yeah. Like every that, day. Yeah, that dog works out more that than That dog would have been in such good shape. There's no chance anyone else beats that dog. <laughs> He's an elite athlete. Yes. Oh, Reggie. We had Reggie in studio in the technically correct days when he was still a puppy. When he would, he still would fit in Kevin's lap. Really? Yeah. Not now. Yeah, no, that not dog's now. like 140 pounds <laughs> now. Uh, oh man. We, uh, Cassie. By the way, I was uh, dog sitting Mike Ramallah's dog, and we took him. Oh, to, you switched. Yeah, yeah, we did switch, and we took him uh, to the Lights FC game. So, just remind me to not let you dog sit my dogs because you would not enrich their lives no. by taking them to the Lights FC game. Be a disaster. There was something that day. <laughs> Was it? Was, was it our? Was kid, that was a great excuse. Wait, was there it our was something <laughs> that day? Was it our party at? Uh, it was at the dog restaurant in it totally was. What do you mean there was something that day? You could have rescheduled. We had a, we your... had a work party. No, we didn't make our party. Our, the bosses did. They said this is the date. We're not going to like reschedule. You took your dogs to a work party. I didn't. Yeah, I kept mine at home. Dogs. She did. She oh. took Archie. She took Archie. Who was under the table looking for food the whole night? Were you I think. the only one to take your dog to yeah. the work party? Yes, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. of course. So no it wasn't else. it wasn't a hey, bring your dogs. It was hey, we're no, doing a lazy dog. It, and no. Cassie oh, said, Cassie, "I'm bringing my dog." I guess Cassie brought her dog, guys. They put it in the invite. They said, "This is we're going to do this here. We want to congratulate you all for your hard work." Yes, Cassie, you can bring Archie. <laughs> yeah, they actually said that <laughs> on the invitation. They didn't say I could bring Bonnie. I did anyway. <laughs> Well, that's, I did anyway. that's a comparison you want to make. So no, I, no. What I was going to say is, what I was going to say is, I walked out into the courtyard where everyone was sitting, and we're holding drinks. And I had to say right away, "Don't worry, we're paying for her wine." Like, don't worry, I got this. Don't put okay, it on the bill. But, 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 are we also going to tell them that you texted me and said, "Please bring Estrus." So oh I'm God, not the I was only one. Yes. Oh, that's right. You brought Estrus. You. I wasn't the only one who brought the significant other. Yes, yeah, I want. Ed won. made me. Ed yeah. made me bring restaurants. He goes, I won't ask him any marriage questions if you bring him. So I, I didn't want to be the only one. Did, I didn't want to be the only one. Did Ed and hold sure up? enough, sure enough, Ed and I were the only ones who yes. brought our significant other. Yes. Oh, wow. Why? What's what? Do, what's happening? I don't know. If, if, Why if you're invited, not... well, if the if the if the only significant Why other the invitation people? says is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> then you kind of question, can we bring anyone else to this thing? So I said, well, you know, Bonnie, obviously I wanted her to come, and we had dinner beforehand, but I'm like, I, and I actually told her, she goes, what do you mean? I said, ah, maybe, I don't know if you're the only one. Do you really want to go to this? Maybe you stay home with, you know, and watch TV. She goes, no, I'm going. At that point, I'm on, hey, Cassie, you got to bring the boyfriend because I can't be the only one who shows up with a significant other, which uh, Cassie did. She came through. It's too bad he didn't did. have a soccer game. Oh. Uh, that would have been, he said he had to go to the lights game, and I said, no. There you go. <laughs> No, you must come to Lazy Dogs. No, you can't hang out with Tyler. We got to go with Ed. 
Cassie, did you see the picture from a minor league baseball game? And I can't remember the names, but it was basically like, Jonathan, this relationship is over, signed Avery. And they put it up on the big screen at a minor league baseball game. What? Yeah. It was, yeah. It was the exact opposite of a stadium proposal. It was a stadium breakup. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, that's a good way to make it like... Do it at a minor league baseball game? So, yeah. So what I'm hoping for here is okay. there is an event in your life where you think you're about to get proposed to, the camera's on you, it's all the hearts and the love music is yep. playing, and instead of him getting down on a knee, he turns his back to you and walks away, and then it just shows up on the video board. Cassie, it's over. Signed, Estrus. <laughs> in case you didn't know, I have a it's Estrus, and I have a soccer game, and it's over. And that would be, and that's kind of how it would go. He'd say his name. And the most important thing of the entire announcement, I have a soccer game. And then he would throw in at the end, it's over. Uh, P.S. I'm keeping Archie. Yes, you can I'm deal with you. Oh, I'm keeping no. the dog. We, we already said, we already agreed if we break up, I get him during the week and he gets him on weekends. <laughs> You've already you already worked that already out. You've already worked out. Happens. You've already worked out where he's going. You've already had those discussions. A lot of faith yeah. in this relationship. Yeah. I I don't know because if you make the jump from that to getting engaged. Yeah, no, we like when he was like three months old. We were walking one day, and and we just looked at each other like, yeah, if, if this doesn't work out, like, what are we gonna do with Archie? Well, it's important and, to say who said it like, first. When he was, uh, I think I did. Ooh. I think I did. Yeah. Put a little pressure on us. We have two rules. We have two rules. If we break up, we can't harm each other's cars because crazy people do that. And we <laughs> have agreed to joint custody with Archie. Okay. What? I got to I, I gotta back up half of what Cassie's saying here. We, me and my girlfriend have decided which dogs we take if we break up. <laughs> um, Is this healthy? <laughs> Every break, I will say every breakup I've been involved in, I just basically say, take whatever you want. Jared. (laughs) But, but our decision. Whatever makes this easier for you so that I don't get like beat up by somebody's dad. (laughs) Our decision was based on which dogs like which human more. Okay. Like Ruby likes me more than Brandy. So I get Ruby and she gets. Did you get both of your dogs together? No, 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 no. She, her, no, her Ruby is like, uh, she is 14 and she was like their family dog. So like, okay, we took her when we, you know, moved in together. Squash, we did get together. We adopted him together, drove to like a pet smart at an adoption day at like 6 a.m. to stake, stake it out because it was a Frenchie up for adoption. And that apparently never happens. Man. Got it. Yeah. 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 So I would, I would definitely take champ and then. Archie and I would be, we'd be, we'd, or Archie would be split now, between the both of us. I can't back you up on the, we promise not to harm each other's cars because we yeah. have not had that conversation. That's strange. Why would you? Why <laughs> would you? Yeah, what normal people it? have that conversation? Because, well, it happened when I had my Mustang. So he, I had a Mustang and he has a Hyundai Genesis, so a little two-door coupe. And so we were just like driving around in our cool cars and... We thought we were the coolest. We're like, man, if we break up, like, you better not touch my car. Like, no splashing tires or, like, breaking in windows. Do you have a past of having harmed someone else's car? No, no, no. Okay. No, we just said, like, no matter how how south this goes, like, leave the cars out of it. I feel like that's a precipitous fall. Uh, Well, I was going to say, the the, the non-engagement is 
becoming so much clearer because half your discussions are when you break up. So you're, it's gonna be it's gonna take Estrus a huge leap from going to I can't harm her car. I get the dog half the week. Oh, by the way, you want to get married? Like not not no. when, if they break up. When yeah, I was gonna say it, when has become the leader in the clubhouse. By the way, yeah, you gotta know when where the dogs are going. Up, I get Archie Monday through Friday. <laughs> Hey, well, wow. I don't know where the dog's well, going. Well, Esther doesn't want him on the what weekends. He's got to play soccer. You mean to tell me <laughs> when you're parenting humans, you don't ask them, hey, if your parents oh, got divorced, who you want to go I with? was going to throw that in. Those kids <laughs> would run from me. Like 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 the they were on fire towards the. Aren't mom. you the it only would, one? Aren't you the only one that actually is actively giving out money here? Still though, they they don't try. They would look at me and say, "This guy's a complete disaster." And they while while it would be it would hurt their wallets, they would ultimately choose her in a second, in a second. They wouldn't give me a second thought. Are you kidding me? And by the way, they know I'm kind of a softy when it comes to them, so they choose her and still ask me for money. And I would just say, "Where can I Venmo?" <laughs> <laughs> so I would still give them whatever they want, and they would not choose me. Oh, no. Oh, poor Ed. All right, Cassie, get out of here. We Thanks, appreciate Cassie. it. Thanks, She's Cassie. Cassie Soto from Raiders.com. Thanks. Take care. Oh. I will say, it does sound a little weird saying it out loud. We've absolutely had the who gets the dogs when we break up. It's a very up strange together. conversation. It, it is. I, I admit, saying it out loud, it sounds strange, but I can. Well, I it can also accept. sounds a sort of unhealthy. Yeah. There's the fine. relationship. That's fine. <laughs> It, yeah, it definitely it definitely feels like I mean I mean it's good planning. Like it's very it's kinda on brand for you. I mean none of you like, people, you and your girlfriend and Cassie and the boyfriend will ever have like second lives like marriage counselors. Like uh so <laughs> the first thing you want to do is write down everything you're splitting up when you get so when you break up. We have a spreadsheet already made yes, up. Exactly. And, you know, we've got approximate value and make sure it comes out about even. Oh how well, you're not married. She does not get the fake horses. So she does not get the horses Absolutely or the chickens. Absolutely not. She He's cannot not put in a. She no cannot put chance. in a uh, request for chickens no, I'm or horses. Putting those in a hidden bank account <laughs> that the judge can't find out about. No chance. She's getting a the piece judge. of that. <laughs> also, I would think he would be the one who would be like, "I've been accustomed to a certain lifestyle. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I've, yes. I've been afforded this lifestyle. Yes, it's exactly. got to continue, man." <laughs> By the way, how great is that for people who get divorced, married to wealthy people? Well, my lifestyle. Oh, been the lifestyle like this for years. Oh, I yeah. Can't, you can't expect me to get a job oh, now. The break. The some of the numbers you've heard on the breakups with professional athletes. Well, I mean, the lifestyle. I need seventy-eight thousand dollars a month. Who is the lawyer that came up with that argument? The first? greatest lawyer. Ever. Unbelievable. Seven zero two eight two zero one two three four. Salmonash.com. All right, here we go. We got <laughs> tickets. Be, like the the, the divorcee was like beat them with a car. <laughs> they're injury. <laughs> yes, they're injury attorneys. Here we go. We got tickets to give away to the Vegas kickoff classic BYU and Arizona. Coming up next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, 702-364-1100 is the number if you want to go see BYU in Arizona at Allegiant Stadium, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 11. First off, a quick update. We have successfully navigated the internet. Uh, Little Miss Hannah Foundation, there is a golf tournament coming uh, September 11th. We are sponsoring a hole. We have uh, officially figured out how to do that. We were... Struggling on the internet for a little <laughs> while. We struggled since yesterday. So, wait, have we have we determined like so? I assume thirty three, thirty three, thirty four. Is that is that our it's breakdown? Already, it's already done. It's, it's done. done deal. It's done deal. Okay, I just need to know who I need a Venmo. We're done. You can give you can give me a dollar, Jerry. Yeah. We'll be good. That's so, a sixth of my life savings. <laughs> <laughs> so take care of your mouse. Uh, <laughs> 
It's helping children with rare diseases. Uh, we have a listener, uh, Dr. Green in Regulation, who reached out to us about it. Um, so it's littlemisshannafoundation.org. We're sponsoring a whole. If you want to do that, you can play in it too. By the way, I almost ended up signing up for us to play in it. It's like, oh, I don't play golf. This <laughs> oh, is not no, no, go well. be, I mean, it would be a series of errors if I'm your like caddy. I was gonna say, Jared's driving Jared's the golf the cart. Caddy. He has been over, sir. We th- we we think we've sponsored a whole, but on the seventh second of September, Tyler's gonna get your tea time is six forty eight a.m. It's like, hold on, I didn't sign up. <laughs> so littlemisshannafoundation.org uh, is the website. If you would like to, you can play in it. You can sponsor a whole like we did uh, to help kids with rare diseases. So thanks to uh, Dr. Green and Regulation for reaching out to us on that. We are more than happy to help. Um, do you want to mention Lights FC play on Friday? Raider night, right? There, it's Raider night. But if you're there, they're warm-up jerseys. You will see well, the press, right. box press box logo on the sleeve. Yep. We're everywhere. Get some binoculars because it's a small thing on the sleeve <laughs> so you say. can see it. We're not on the chest <laughs> of the jersey. Bring binoculars. Not on the chest of the jersey, but some binoculars. Uh, a little ash brick. Yeah. So, t- what kind of font I mean, were you? What kind of font for these guys? 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> Technically, based on what we paid for it. <laughs> it's it's pretty all right. It's a good deal for us. It's a good it deal. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so we'll be out there. If you're out there Friday, that's hell, that's today. I got to go to a game today. Oh, crap. Oh, my gosh, it's tonight. It is tonight. I forgot it was tonight. So, yeah, Raiders night. Oh, God. So, first off. So, what's the Raiders night going to entail? Well, they're wearing special jerseys that are to mimic the Raiders jerseys. Like, they did a Golden Knights one a couple years ago where they had a Golden Knights-themed jerseys. Golden Knights jersey was a good jersey. The Raiders one, it's boring because the Raiders football jersey is plain black there's there's literally nothing on it but black with a number so the raiders jerseys are pretty boring so i'm not gonna be buying do they one. sell these to fans yeah they okay. sell them. you can i think uh yeah they'll be selling them i think they're 99 pandemic this organization with will have a new jersey for every single yes. home game that was their plan for 2020 they were gonna have 17 yeah. different home jerseys which tough. by the Still way is tough <laughs> the funny part on that they are now Slowly selling those jerseys they were going to wear one by one last year in the team store. Love Every it. home game I go to, there's a new jersey for Up sale. there? Yeah, and it's dangerous for me because I want all of them. <laughs> I want to buy all of them, but I cannot support that. 